Welcome to the STR Data Lab. Welcome to the STR Data Lab by AirDNA. It is I, Mariah Kamei, your uh, faithful co-host, and I am joined today by the one, the only, uh, the economist with the mostest, Jamie Lane, VP of Research uh, at AirDNA, obviously. Jamie, how the heck are you, man? I feel like there's been a lot in the news these days about Airbnb and, and biz. They yeah, did, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a, uh, a big month, I guess, for Airbnb in May. They had their uh, summer release. They released their uh, financials. I mean, it's, it was an okay month. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, yeah, let's talk about the earnings. What, where, 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 you were, where were you going to go with this? No, um, and we can we can definitely jump into the earnings. Like we actually had Airbnb, we had uh, Expedia, we had Booking all give their earnings in the in the past couple of weeks. It was a month or a month of just every single company talked about the health of the travel economy. They talked about the uh, sort of resiliency of the consumer and how consumers continue to prioritize spend on travel above all other things. And we saw that with Expedia Bookings results, which were very strong. Uh, booking I had <laughs> amazing uh, growth in, in nights, uh, 45% year over year, really good Great. growth for Expedia uh, and, their, and, and Verbo. Uh, and then Airbnb in particular came out um, as we're recording yesterday uh, nights were up 19% year over year, booking value up 18%. And one of my favorite stats, like when you look at revenue and now booking value, it has right. over doubled since pre-pandemic levels. So wow. the amount of revenue, the amount of dollar volume getting booked on the platform in Q1 was double what it was in Q1 2019. So uh, a real show of resiliency there. Oh my goodness. You're right. They do just kind of stack up their earnings one after the other. It's almost like they coordinate these things. I don't know. Like earnings season? Um. I Yeah. Or is it like a <laughs> quarterly thing? I've heard. I think you've told me before there's like a quarterly aspect. Um, yeah. Well, very, very interesting to see one of our predictions come true so far, which is that travel demand would maintain itself despite any economic headwind. What I thought was super interesting about the earnings for Airbnb in particular, and I, I, I think this is obviously I got to ask you what this is all about, is that they had a, what, to your point, seemingly looked and sounded like a good earnings report, and then their stock dropped. What is what's up with that? How does that work? Explain <laughs> to me, economist. So the the whole thing about their stock dropping, and it dropped like I think. 10, 15% overnight. And um, as we sit here today, it's down pretty, um, down about 10% for the day uh, was all around their forward guidance. Uh, so Wall Street had been expecting sort of a continuation of the Q1 trends in terms of nights booked. So Q1 was up 19%. Wall Street was expecting another maybe 18, 19%. And they guided that um, it was going to be probably below 12%. Uh, so that is 
a significant pullback in the growth rate. Uh, they wow. sort of called out that it was because of strong bookings last year, and we were coming out of sort of Got lockdowns, uh, the sort of Omicron wave and in, in Q1. Europe really started opening up in Q2 in advance of the summer travel season. So some tough comps that they're growing against. Right. I do not see this as really indicative of Airbnb or travel demand or anything like that sort of showing cracks or weakness. I think it's an entirely sort of predictable given the sort of strong growth that we saw last year and coming up yeah. against those tough comps. That makes sense. It's, it's more more of the same. Don't index off the high, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're still expecting I mean, roughly 116 million nights being booked compared to Q1, we saw 121 million. So that's got it. That's a lot of demand. It feels like it. Well, any, I mean, anytime you say millions, I think it's a lot of anything. But yeah, <laughs> when you get in a hundred millions. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the the number of viewers we get that's that's close to the millions, right? Well, yes, yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Hey, we got a we got over a million registered users, baby. We know that. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was interesting are two more things. One, uh, they sort of called out both in their summer release and when we went into uh, in their earnings call, they're sort of relaunching of Airbnb rooms, sort of private rooms. Right, right. Uh, the anticipation if we do go into a recession or at least a weak spell over the next year or two, there could be a renewed focus uh, from the on the uh, part of the guest on budget and affordable accommodation. A realization of how much the cost of travel has gone up over the past three years and trying to more proactively uh, provide uh, affordable accommodation. So the average ADR for a private room around the world is $67. I remember when I was traveling on Airbnb 10 years ago for $67 a night, it was great. Uh, and I, I, I may even try it again on one of my next trips. Is, yeah. I, have you ever stayed in a private room with someone? Yes. Well, I was going to say back in my day, I think it was $25 a night. So, I mean, clearly inflation uh, has impacted the rate. But yeah, I mean, you really can't beat, I'd say, $67 a night. And it's nice to see Airbnb, you know, potentially kind of getting back to its roots a little bit, right? Which was as a value, potential value option for travelers. So hopefully that, you know, opens a world for them, for new guests. And again, encourages other folks to relist their rooms. I was actually at a conference or at a small group um, in Denver a couple of weeks ago. And a lot of the people in that group were sort of complaining that their rooms have kind of fallen off to the wayside, right? They are renting out private rooms in their homes. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think that's nothing but good news. Yeah. My, my wife and I uh, rented out a private room in our house for close to four years and we loved it. Like all the people coming right? in, like you met such cool people. We did it up until we had kids. Uh, and then we converted the room to a nursery. <laughs> but when we were <laughs> when we were even doing uh, um, some Europe travel a few years ago, we we stayed in a private room and it was great. So uh, oh gosh, excited totally. to see that renewed focus and what they're going to do there. And then the other piece was they broke out some of their data for just the U.S. and given sort of the U.S. focus of a lot of our research like that. That was yeah. interesting to see. Uh, they called out revenue was up uh, 13% in the U.S. in Q1, 
uh, but that was down from 19% growth in Q4. Uh, and just for some context, since we're going to talk about U.S. trends, so in our <laughs> sort of overall industry data set, uh, we saw revenue growth up 19.7% um, in Q4. So almost uh -huh. exactly the same of what Airbnb reported, up 16.7% in Q1. Uh, so maybe they gave up a little bit of share in terms of revenue in, in Q1. And then we saw it decelerate even further, though, in April. So April revenue was only up 14% uh, year over year. Gotcha. Well, it's always nice to see when we are aligned with what they're saying. O always great. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like we're for. reporting on the same thing. Yeah, it's it's almost like we're reporting on the exact same numbers. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Just in case we've just confused the audience, we are reporting on the same numbers. <laughs> That's why it's, why it's good that they match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that is, yeah. Well, interesting, the, the focus on U.S. data. And yeah, that's, I mean, apart from everyone else, I think that was super exciting for us to see them dig into that specific yeah. market a little more. Well. Well, you, you mentioned that we also report on these things. So yeah, you know, we, this is our, this is our health check. I'd say our yeah. monthly health check, especially for the U S we talk a lot about that. What are the numbers telling you, Jamie Lane? How healthy are we? Are we, are we good? Are we good? Are we okay? I, I think okay is a good word. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, mixed it's bag. not great. Yeah. Mixed bag. It's, uh, it's not all, but puppies and roses or whatever the uh, well i think uh, it's rainbows and sunshine but i also like puppies and roses so that works for me. <laughs> not all rainbows and sunshine uh so <laughs> i'll start with the bad news uh and then move towards yeah. the good news Hit me with the bad news i like that starting with occupancy and we saw another month of declining occupancy that's so for those that have been keeping along we're now at 14 consecutive months of declining occupancy on a year-over-year -year basis. Uh, so April uh, was down 5% year-over-year, uh, and that compares to April of last year that was down 3.5%. Uh, so sort of further down off of already down figures fr from last year. ADRs were only up 1.5%. So if we go back to April of last year, ADRs were up 11%. And that was sort of the lead up to the sort of massive inflation figures uh, that we were seeing. So ADR is still positive, but barely. Uh, and when you break out to different chain scales and different location types, uh, we definitely are seeing more and more areas where ADRs are, are turning negative as sort of hosts react to the new competition, uh, react to falling occupancies. Now, two consecutive years of falling occupancy and they're starting to discount to make sure uh, they're getting their fair share of booking activity got expected. It, it. Uh, but yep, I'm still a measure of weakness that we're seeing in the industry at the moment. Uh, and then occupancy falling more than ADRs are increasing. That means RevPAR, revenue per available rental, was down 3.7%. So that's okay. like the average listing yep, is now earning less money less revenue on a per listing basis than they were last year. So it's um, down about 4%, not terrible. And we are forecasting full year that RevFAR is going to be down. Past two months had been around flat with no change from the prior year. So I mean, we're sort of that forecast. Well, and it's always 
tough to forecast negative. Uh, We like to give people the info that they need to budget accordingly. And if you're going into the year expecting that you're going to have another year of decent growth, and that that shouldn't necessarily be the case. And we expect further declines in RevFAR uh, throughout the year. I think that's such an important point to to bring up, right? Like, just like you just need to know. There's, you know, like yep. it's better to know than not to know. We don't want to be ostriches with our heads in the sand. Um, and that's the benefit of, you know, working with AirDNA. So again, and, and, and it helps you plan ahead, right? It helps you plan ahead in terms of how you're going to look at your own ADRs, how you're going to sort of measure your occupancy, what you can do to bolster your listing, what you can do to cut costs, all the rest. So let's talk about some of the good news. Can we? Can we talk? Uh, finally, can you tell finally. I, I just like talking about the bad news. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, I'll allow me. it. Let's talk good news. Yeah, hit me. Yeah. So uh, demand was up twelve and a half percent. So we're continuing to see more and more demand uh, for travel and short-term rentals. Uh, so and that's that's great. If you look back at and hotel industry, they're seeing demand up and maybe four or five percent year over year. So okay. short-term rentals are continuing to pull back share in terms of overall share of spend and share of nights uh, that people are are spending outside of their their house. Available listings still growing. Uh, so year over year, they're up eighteen point nine percent, up nineteen percent, uh, and wow. that is slowing. And so while 18%, 19% doesn't sound great, um, <laughs> as of <laughs> at the peak uh, supply was going 26%. And last month it was growing 20%. So we're continuing on that decline and we're still seeing a lot of new listings being added, but not at the level that they're being added in last year. So we expect further uh, declines in the growth rate uh, going forward. So our expectation is by year end, we're we're at about um, 10% growth to where we're at and roughly uh, 19% now. So that should further decelerate over time. Yeah, that's maybe some good news for saturation or oversaturation in some markets. And then, as I already said, on revenue, uh, it was up 14% uh, year over year. A deceleration, so that is one of the lowest reads we've seen since the recovery uh, began for coming out of the pandemic. So and that's gotcha. something we expect to further uh, decelerate some, but I guess it is what it is uh, in terms of overall revenue growth. So uh, demand should hold up around 10% for the rest of the year. That'll sort of and meet the sort of falling supply growth where we expect once we get through the end of the year, we're we're going to essentially be maintaining the occupancy levels we saw as of the end of last year. And then expectation for next year is maybe only and flat to slightly down, but we'll be at, as long as we're not in a significant recession of then, I think we're going to be at a more sustainable occupancy level going forward. Yeah. It's like, well, and even that's nice. That is, I'd say that's a little bit of good news, right? Where it's like, there's a little bit less of this sort of like volatility, right? And just like sort of slow and steady. Let's hope for that. I think that always sounds good. And yeah, I thank you for contextualizing that 14%, right? For revenue, right? Because it, initially it sounds good, right? And then you say, well, how, what was it before? Let's let's make sure we know. <laughs> still, still positive, however. <laughs> yeah. And once we get to sort of steady state in, in the US, that's where in a lot of ways the 
trends that are happening at the more local level start to become that much more uh, interesting, impactful. And if we're not we're not seeing those massive trends national nationally, then some of the more interesting things are happening at the city level. And we definitely are seeing a lot of interesting things happening at the city level today. And there's I'm still an acceleration in supply growth happening in a lot of the major cities around the U.S. Uh, so markets like what I consider like some and mid-sized cities uh, like Detroit, Sacramento, Oklahoma City, uh, Cincinnati, right. Raleigh, Durham, Houston, Columbus are some of the areas with the most supply growth happening uh, in terms of sort of that mid to large uh, market. And those are really interesting areas for me in terms of the growth of the short-term rental industry, given, and there's not a lot of new hotels being added to those cities. Uh, there right. is a lot of sort of urban, suburban revival happening, new types of businesses as manufacturing starts to be onshored, like new things going on in those areas that really do warrant uh, more lodging supply and, and potentially uh, new investment. So be looking to call out more of those those type of areas going forward and where people should be looking to invest, uh, given the sort of changes we're seeing in these cities. Yeah, I love that. I love, And it's like, that's what's what it's all about in terms of, I think, value that we can offer folks, right? Which is just to be get a little bit ahead of the trend, right? Get a little bit ahead of what's going on. I think we all do that every time I travel. I'm like, oh, I should have invested in this market. <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, use our data. Let us help you understand um, where the next new market is going to be. And yeah, all of these, like, yeah, I'd say like suburban, mid-sized city, seems like there's such a ton of potential there. Still lots of room to grow on supply, still lots of room to grow on demand or lots of demand coming. So, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of those places also still have somewhat affordable housing prices. Well, speak, speaking of housing prices, you know, that always gets me starting to think about interest rates. And that gets me starting to think about macroeconomy things, Mr. Economist. What, what's, what's happening there? I, I, think, I think the Fed raised the rate again last week. I, I think they promised to not do it again. I don't know. Should we believe them? <laughs> yeah. And my expectations uh, are that the Fed's done. And that's in my mind, a good thing. As long as inflation um, is under control, uh, there's no reason why the Fed should have to raise interest rates. I think they're going to pause for a few months, uh, get a sense of whether inflation continues its downward trajectory. Uh, we know there's lots of aspects within the CPI calculation that are lagged, like housing costs. And we see rents and have been coming down significantly. We see housing prices coming down significantly. That should play into the inflation numbers um, in the in the near term months. And if that comes true, I think it. And we are clearly on a path where we could get to, let's say, three percent inflation growth by the end of the year. Okay. And while Jerome Powell wasn't willing to admit it, um, <laughs> I, I suspect that he'd be pretty happy with three percent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, I, that's I, 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 I hope he would, because um, and this is my personal opinion now, not the firm opinion or anything like that. But if 3% inflation is something that the economy can deal with, it's not going to cause the pain that 6 7% inflation did. And it is not worth 
taking the economy into recession, causing and yeah. potentially millions of jobs to be lost to get from three to two percent. If by the time we get to three percent, we're not already in a recession from getting getting down to three percent inflation. So uh, using that my, camera I, approach. <laughs> yeah. I, I've still got my fingers crossed uh, that we can get to the end of the year uh, with 3% inflation without going into a recession without, and my sort of barometer there is uh, unemployment getting above like four and a half percent, given that we're at 3.4. I think most economists would say if we got more than a 0.5% increase, so get over four in terms of unemployment, that would sort of signal a recession. I, I think Four and a half percent is probably a, a better sort of measure there. So if we get enough job loss or at least not enough hiring or a few months right. of negatives there that kind of gets us up there, then we, we probably have a bit more to worry about. And the good thing for inflation then is if we're in a recessionary environment, that's a de- also deflationary and is probably going to bring inflation down much quicker. And we could, that will be the least of our worries if, if we go into a recession. Well, thank you for contextualizing all of that. Well, I, you know, again, I trust you uh, more than <laughs> any other economist I know. And I know so many, but <laughs> you and all no, your economist you. friends hanging out. <laughs> Well, it'll, it'll be good because, you know, I'll be at some dinner party and I'll be like, well, you know, I think 4% looks great. And then they're going to be like, eh, you don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> <laughs> we did see another strong month of employment, 253,000 jobs added. And there were some revisions to prior months, but I'm, I see revisions down on prior months. Like, that's actually a good thing. Like, we don't want yeah. I'm, this point in the economy job growth right. to be that strong. So, and maybe we're going to see even further revisions to this where it was, it would have been printed 150,000 new jobs added in April. And like that, Mariah, that, that's a great number, like not too hot, not too cold. Like let, right. let's, let's do 150,000 jobs. Uh, 250,000 like- jobs is still a bit strong given that the Fed right. is trying to slow the economy. They're trying to slow hiring. Uh, they're trying to slow wage growth, but generally, given and how tight the labor market is, if someone wants a job, they can get a job. I like it. I like it. I, the, hey, that's good news for me and everyone else out there. I think this is, you know, I like this Goldilocks, and it really strikes me as like we're right, we're walking a tightrope here on the economy, but we seem to be doing a pretty good job. Of, yeah, of walking you, you want to know what really worries me though, and standing on this tightrope. Tell me. Yes, I do. <laughs> what if I'd said no? Uh, no, actually, Jamie, we're good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's leave everyone in suspense. I'll tell you next time on the STR Data Lab. Oh this is a great way to get people to come back and listen again. Okay, now I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so do you know what happens on June 8th? I think it's June oh. 8th. Around June, June 8th. The, that's, a, that's an economy thing. <laughs> Sort of an economy thing. Yeah. It's a pretty big economy thing. Oh my God. I I don't know. I hope I hope listeners, I hope you are answering the question in your minds at least. Yeah, so so that's the date. And I think it might actually be even be a few days before that, that if we don't raise the debt ceiling or suspend well, the debt ceiling, oh. then the US will default on its 
uh, debt obligations, and we will see some some very scary things out there in the market. And I suspect we'll see some scary things even in the lead up to it, given the sort of brinkmanship uh, between uh, the Republicans and Democrats in, in Congress. So oh my that definitely scares me that okay. I mean, as okay. we're sort of walking this tightrope, uh, that in Washington and the political re- arena, they're going to be throwing cannonballs over the aisle. And I'm, if we're not careful, we we could we could get knocked off, and I would hope uh, Congress um, acts uh, and acts quickly uh, before real damage is done. Well, I hope there's some Congress people listening to this podcast. I, I um, doubt that. Maybe maybe there's some that have a <laughs> have a short term rental and uh, in the Shenandoah Valley, and like you know what, 100%. listen, yeah, I think so. Well, I'd also hey. PSA, call your congressperson. <laughs> I, 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 you just took me back to a time in my life where I would call them regularly to tell them how I felt about something. We won't get into what. <laughs> <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very cathartic. If anyone wants to just kind of like yell out into the void, <laughs> calling your congressperson <laughs> or any or, other or local starting government. a podcast. <laughs> that <laughs> yes also a really great way to yell out into the void I, well yeah hopefully not the void <laughs> but okay well this is good i will mark my calendar um and yeah i know what the heck why do we these congress people these lawmakers us you know playing roulette with our lives come on guys just get it together bipartisanship let's work this out because I don't want, if Jamie Lane's worried, then I have to be worried, guys. That's how this works, um, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, well, should we, I like that we're kind of on a roller coaster ride uh, in this podcast in and of itself. B- before I move on, is there anything else on the economy that anyone should know? I thought we should talk about something fun, which is events. Yeah, let's talk about something fun. So you, my friend, are going to New York, New York City, actually, at the same time, ironically, that, that potentially the government will be defaulting on our loans. But you're going to Skift STR Forum. I believe you're speaking at that event. Yes. Yeah, I'll be uh, announcing our new forecasts uh, for the industry um, at the Skift Short Term Rental Forum. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'll be on stage with our, our CEO, uh, Denny. Uh, and we're going to be diving into uh, the forecast. Hopefully, I won't have to spend all night beforehand revising them if uh, the government <laughs> does default and we go into a, a massive recession. I guess that's the risk with like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, releasing forecasts. <laughs> uh, they're they're subject to revision, but our idea there, and we've been doing it for the past um, sort of two years, is given the current economic outlook, given and all the things happening in our industry, we want to give our listeners, give our clients the tools that they need to plan for the year, year years ahead. And so we'll be launching much more detailed forecasts uh, starting in June. And they're going to be presented on stage live for the first time at the Skiff Short-Term Rental Forum. I like it. You heard it here first. Big, big forecasts and predictions coming from Jamie Lane and the rest of AirDNA. And we will release those more broadly. Yes. So you can see them live on the stage, of course, if you're at the event. But then afterwards, um, you can catch them on airdna.co. 
as well as I'm sure podcasts and other places available broadly, an omni-channel approach to announcing our news, carrier pigeons, smoke signals included. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe moving on to some not so happy news is, uh, Mariah, do you, do you have something to share with our, our listener audience? I do. I do. And yes, I would say very, very sad, but also, you know, every, every end of a chapter is the beginning of a new chapter. So without bearing the lead, which fun fact is not spelled L-E-A-D. It's actually L-E-D-E. Google it, guys. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I am, I am, I am departing from Air DNA, and unfortunately, also departing from this podcast, Jamie Lane, and viewers and listeners. I just, you know, for me, I've had some opportunities as of late in my life, personally, to reflect on how finite time is, how little of it we have, and I've been cranking. I've been going pretty nonstop in my career and job-wise uh, for about 15 years. And it's time for me to, to just reset, just to hit a little restart. Um, so I'm taking a small break and then I'm excited to open some new doors, some new chapters for myself. Hopefully I'm sticking around in this industry. I absolutely, I've been in this industry for about two years. It's been such a tremendously fun ride for me not only at AirDNA, but yes, at AirDNA, starting with our fabulous founder, Scott Shatford, my first Verma excursion, meeting you, Jamie Lane, um, getting to know all about supply and demand and occupancy and ADR, <laughs> baby, and all of all of the rest that came along with it. But I you know, have also just had so much fun meeting so many of the wonderful folks in our industry. I call it a small, big industry. It's got so much heart. I think what's really, really cool about short-term rental, vacation rental industry in general is that you have these people that are really good at being hosts and welcoming people and creating experiences. But you also have all these people that are really, you know, focused on the data and the performance and the numbers. And so anyways, it's just been, it's been such a tremendously wild ride for me. On another note, Jamie Lane, you have been such a great partner in crime for me. Thank you. You, I think we started out a few months ago. You said, I'm going to make an economist out of you yet, Mariah. And I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm an economist yet, but I can hold my own. I can hold my own in a conversation at a dinner party about these things, thanks to you. And I think you guys, our listeners, are going to continue to get that benefit from you. You're going to continue on on the podcast. Podcast is still going strong, babies. And you're going to get to hear from some new perspectives from our business, from out, outside of our business. And I think that's exciting. So, yeah, that's the news, baby. Well, Mariah, I, I know you know this, but I, we're going to miss you uh, on the STR Data Lab and get, uh, miss working with you on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. I wish I had my man Manhattan here to cheers with you and, and Scott on <laughs> this uh, yes. journey we've gone through. Uh, together, but I'm I'm committed to uh, once you land in your new spot, have you back on if if yes. you're in the industry, and we I can talk be. about <laughs> the data uh, and what you're seeing and the view that you have from from where you're at, which I'm sure would be and given your knowledge of what we like to talk about and wherever you end up would be very informative for listeners and an excuse for us cool. to get back together and chat yeah. on air, uh, which I know we're going to want. Well, I know I want. <laughs>
Yeah, I like that. You're like, well, have I? No. Um, firstly, yes. Why didn't we have Manhattans? Ugh. Anyways, next time, which there will be a next time because I would love that. And I could, you know, always just drop in. I don't know. Maybe I'll just start crashing your meetings. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know the Zoom link. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, this has been a tremendously fun ride. I think we're, I think all in all, we're going to wrap with just almost 40 episodes together on the podcast. It's crazy. Awesome. And then, yeah, keep listening, guys, because you're going to get more of the good stuff from Jamie Lane. Um, Jamie Lane and co. <laughs> Jamie Lane and friends. And, yeah. And for those of, for our regular listeners, uh, uh, Mariah will continue to show up on your feed for at least the next few weeks as uh, she's yes. uh, recorded quite a few interviews with some amazing guests and uh, stay tuned for those interviews and more from me and uh, more with our new co-hosts uh, in the summer ahead. Oh my goodness. It's true. I am going to haunt you from beyond for a few more episodes. <laughs> Well, that's just my Mariah, style. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. It's been amazing. It's been great. It's been amazing. We've loved having you um, here and we'll see, <laughs> see you down the road. That's right. Like I, I like that one. Obviously, see you on the other side. See you down the road for sure, Jamie Lane. And I'd say, as you like to say, that's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good one. Thanks. Bye, Jamie.